What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making the show your first listen every day, free on all platforms, five days a week, coming at you Monday through Friday. So start your days with it. Make it your first listen. It's Locked on Blazers, your team every day. In today's show, Damon Lillard on the All-Star team. Well, the All-Star reserves were announced. Dame, unsurprisingly, among them, among them in the Western Conference, will we'll run through the teams and who's, who is headed to Salt Lake City, or in Lowry Markin's case, just chilling at home. Then, some news. Uh, according to Shams Charani of The Athletic, the Blazers are suitors, serious suitors for Jared Vanderbilt. That's not a surprise, but let's let's talk earnestly and honestly about what that trade might look like. I got some specifics on how I think this shakes out, and then to close the show, I have gone to the rumor mill, and I will bring back everything wonderful I have harvested from the reporters around the league and tell you what's the latest scuttle butts. So let's let's start with the all-star teams, and then we'll work our way into the trade stuff. Dame's an all-star. Not a surprise. He is named uh, one of the West Reserves, along with Paul George, Shea Gildas-Alexander, Jared Jackson Jr., Lowry Markinen, John Morant, and DeMontis Sabonis. Uh, when I did my, like, who, who's going to make the all-star team in the West team, I did not have Jaron Jackson Jr., and I did not have Paul George in their place. I had Devin Booker and Anthony Davis. Those two dudes didn't make didn't make it. I, I don't think there are real surprises here. Um like on my personal ballot, I wouldn't have chosen. Uh, I, I I didn't consider Jaron Jackson, and I wouldn't, and I didn't, and I considered Paul George, but I didn't pick him. Uh, to me, you know, the 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 Clippers have been better since I did that episode. Like they've climbed up to fourth in the West. And I think they were just they were seventh at the time when that one dropped. It's kind of the nature of the West these days. It's like I I waited, you know, whatever four days later, five days later, a weekend of a weekend of games, and the Clippers cl- climbed way up in the standings. You, it's hard, you know, fourth in this Western Conference, you probably deserve an All Star. I have no problem with PG making it. Um, Jaron Jackson Jr. I'm a little surprised, but I think what happened was that coach, you know, the the reserves are picked by coaches. Um, in my familiarity, and I think I've said this on the show, just Freudian slip is like I, I say assistant coaches pick it because in my experience coaches don't head coaches are coaching a friggin' basketball team they're like the ceo of a basketball team they're managing like a bunch of stuff sitting around to pick all-star reserves not a priority in my um you know i was on the the blazers beat for four plus seasons uh, as, as an everyday reporter and just like my time around the league i don't know i never knew an, a, a head coach in the league who took it super seriously um i know terry stotts took it seriously but he would get one of his assistants often not always but often to do it and then he'd say yeah that looks good to me um but he was um he he was an an appreciator of of the process i don't know a coach who was like it's mine and this is like a duty we have it's like a a thing that they designate assistant coaches generally pick it and i think in in general the fact that devin booker and phoenix who's been great has only played 29 games 29 great games probably not enough anthony davis has been awesome like 28 games tonight he played his 29th game uh and the lakers beat the pacers like it's it's probably not enough games uh jaron jackson even though he missed a big chunk of the the beginning of the season has already played 35 games um for instance like dame who's missed time has played 39 paul george 37 in terms of like folks who have who have missed big big chunks of time i would say if there are snubs like snubs is a weird word um it's dudes who were left off snub means like insulted or whatever um i think it's more 
yeah, like dudes who didn't make the team. I think Anthony Edwards in in Minnesota has a real claim to be to to say he belongs um either over PG or Jaron Jackson. Jaron Jackson's been great. He's been really good. Um but he wouldn't have been on my ballot. He's a, he's like, he's probably going to win defensive player of the year uh despite some stupid drama that doesn't exist about how how stats are kept in the league. But uh like it's yeah, I think Anthony Edwards has a gripe there. I I think De'Aaron Fox does, but I don't think the Kings were going to get two. Um it would be weird if the Kings didn't get two and or the Kings got two and like you know, Denver and Memphis didn't. It makes more sense that Memphis with a better record would have two All-Stars than the Kings. Like, I think that's fine. Um, Aaron Gordon wasn't on my list, but I've seen people say that he was left off. And Kawhi Leonard, he doesn't play enough basketball games. Good basketball player. Has been rolling, and they're going to be, if he stays healthy, him and PG are, are a very good tandem. Kawhi just didn't, didn't play enough basketball games. In the East, the reserves announced today, Bam Adebayo, Jalen Brown, DeMar DeRozan, Joel Embiid, Tyrese Halliburton, a famously fake all-star, Drew Holiday, and Julius Randle. The only one there that I have a problem with is Drew Holiday. (laughs) He's really good, like championship-level contributor, one of the great players, and uh, honestly, one of the excellent players in the league, one of the truly excellent players in the league. And the fact that the Bucs are right there in the mix, despite not having uh, Chris Middleton except for, you know, 12 games, I, I can, you know, and Giannis missed some time and, and like, I, I, I get, I, I get it. And Holiday's a winner. He's a winner wins. He's an excellent, excellent player on, on, on the defensive end. Um, Duke can really hoop. He hasn't been better than James Harden this year. He just hasn't. He hasn't. He has not been better than James Harden. It's fine. Um, it's not fine, actually. More on that in a moment. Uh, in the East, I think the other guys who I thought maybe would make it and didn't, Pascal Siakam had a great case. Uh, Jalen Brunson in New York had a really had a really strong case. I think then there's like a drop-off, and then it's like Darius Garland, Jimmy Butler in much smaller print. Those guys had a case, but the Heat weren't going to get two. So th- that it is, bam, that's, that's fine with me. Um, I, I think you could make a compelling case that, that DeMar, that you replaced DeMar with Jalen Brunson, but it's, that's, whatever. It, it just, it kind of happens that way. And, and, and what I want to say about whatever is like, there is a tendency to say, well, you know, the fans vote on all-star. It doesn't even matter. It does. It does. And pretending like it doesn't matter is like some sort of weird nihilist fan thing that I've seen pop up more recently in the last like three years when, um, nihilism has maybe creeped into everyone's, everyone's feelings a little stronger, but like, um, it's, uh, it matters. This matters for dudes legacies. And, and in, in whatever 15 years when you're showing your your nephews and nieces like the 2023 all-stars you're not going to say like oh Jalen Brunson deserved it over this you're just going to say Drew Holiday made it huh huh I mean you'll be able to parse it if you really go deep but like quickly you'll just you're just going to look at the team and say oh yeah Drew Holiday and moreover now you can look at the teams so you're going to say Drew Holiday four-time all-star or he's only made two but like you're going to say Damian Lillard seven-time all-star Paul George uh, you know 12 time all-star, whatever he ends up with. Like it's, it's, it is, you're going to look at it and it, it matters for the hall of fame. It matters for legacy. It matters for like arbitrary player rankings that various websites do. Like it matters. It matters. Um, I think the proposal is to expand the rosters. Uh, the NBA active roster on game day is 13. The, the all-star roster is 12. I once pitched this to uh, former Blazers head coach Terry Stotts, and he was vehemently against it. An old school, um, an old school guy himself said like 12 makes it better. It's always been that way and it makes it harder to make the team. And that's what it should be. It should be hard to make an all-star team because, um, 
because it's hard because the league is good and it should represent the best players. This was like while Dame missed an, on a season that he probably should have made uh, in the 2013-14 year. So, um, yeah, okay. <laughs> if if uh, I guess that's that's one point of view. I would be okay with 13. I would be okay with it the expanding. Um, it would change maybe the sort of overall legacies, but the league is so different. Like the league is just, it's dudes are going to score 30 points. It's going to be like six 30-point scores in the league, man, four or five probably more realistically. But 30-point scores in the league, it's just like sports change a little bit. I think it's fine if you expand the rosters to 13, but I could I could see the argument for the other way. Okay, let's talk trades. Dame's in. He, you knew he was going to be in. No surprises. This was going to be like a, a weird show if he wasn't. Luckily, it's not a weird show. The Blazers are trying to trade for Jared Vanderbilt. You knew that. Damien Lord has been telling you that for literally months. Let's talk about what that might look like to close the show, but or yeah, to to do the second segment. We're not ready. To, we're not ready to close the show just yet. I'm getting I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. But before before we get to that second segment, let me tell you today's episode brought to you by LinkedIn. Uh, as a small business owner or a hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve those goals you've got set. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post, about your company, and from their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. You can identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs, and then you can connect with them fast and for free. That's zero dollars. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all in one platform. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free. LinkedIn.com slash locked on NBA. That's LinkedIn dot com slash locked on MBA to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. All right. The Blazers are eyeing Jared Vanderbilt, but you knew that. And you know why you knew that? Because Damon Lord has been telling you that he wants to play with Jared Vanderbilt for, for so long. In an interview with Dave Pash and the Dave Pash podcast in September in September, in the in the in the preseason, uh, Dave Pash asked asked Dame, "Who are some players around the league you'd like to play with?" Kind of a wild question because you usually get a nothing response, right? It's like, "Oh, there's all types of, of players you'd like to play with. Like, who wouldn't want to play with the stars?" Or, or like, "Or I love my team. You know, I don't really look around the league. I'm worried about who's there." Like some 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 silly cliche, right? Some some nothing response. In fact, I remember really early in his career, Dame was asked about this and he said Anthony Davis. And it was like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, was like, this is same draft class. He's like, um, you know, at the time it was looking like he's going to be like a top five players kind of before um, injuries caught up with him with serious regularity. He'd only had one uh, big chunk of season missed at this time when Dame said that. It was like, yeah. And there was kind of a pipe dream, right? It's like, you know, he's, he's, he's a Pelican or, or um, you know, he's in New Orleans and seems like he's going to be there for a while and they're going to give him a max contract and all these things, right? But Dane didn't give a pie-in-the-sky answer or a cliche. He said, the two players I want to play with are OG Ananobi and Jared Vanderbilt. 
This is the two dudes the Blazers have been linked to. Dame said, these are the guys I want the team to trade for. He was totally honest with you, open and honest, in September. He said it right there. You don't need to have sources to hear it. You need to, you need to I don't know, speakers. Um, <laughs> you need to, whatever, a transcription service. Like, Damon Lord said it. OG Ananobi and Jared Vanderbilt. Then, in on December 4th, 2022, uh, Nate Jones, who works for Damon Lord's agency, tweeted, what would a hypothetical, uh, what would the Jazz hypothetically want in a trade for Jared Vanderbilt. Damon Lord retweeted the tweet with the eyeball emojis looking at it. He was literally out there tampering right in front of our faces in December. He did it in September. He did it in December again. Of course the Blazers are in our in on Jared Vanderbilt. Dame has been begging to play with this dude for a while. The question wasn't would the Blazers pursue it. Is If Dame is saying it to us, or saying it publicly in, in a variety of ways, you would believe Joe Cronin knows. <laughs> it's not going to be a surprise to him. So, of course, he's talked to the Jazz. The question wasn't whether the Blazers would pursue Vanderbilt. The question was, what would the Jazz do? What would the Jazz want? How would the Jazz approach this year? Were they going to tear it down? When they started to win early in the year, it's like, maybe they aren't going to tear it down. But then at the end of January, Mark Stein of the Steinline newsletter on Substack reported that uh, his sources around the league had told him that the Jazz had had kind of shifted their approach and only three players on the roster were considered untouchable. Walker Kessler, a rookie who's just been fantastic, Tar Heel legend, Lowry Markkinen, headed to the All-Star game right there in Salt Lake City, and also a rookie who they who they traded for this summer in the, in the Donovan Mitchell trade is Oshai Ogbaji. Two rookies, two recent first-round picks, Lowry Markkinen, Everybody else on the Jazz roster reportedly, this was the end of January, a couple weeks ago, the January 26th when, when Stein reported this, a couple weeks ago, it was like, the Jazz are back open for business. They have, they are a team that was like, hey, we, we're going to tear it down. Just kidding. We're not going to tear it down. We're going to compete. I think they competed kind of over their heads a little bit. Now it's like they're in that sort of maybe miss the play and maybe make the play in range. And it's like, why don't we just go the other way? What if we, what if we like, come what may, we make the play in with Kessler and, and Markin and sure but let's see what we can get for some vets. That has clearly shifted. And according to Shams Charania of The Athletic um, and Stadium, uh, Shams reported today that the Blazers have emerged as a serious suitor, a strong suitor, I believe is the actual language, excuse me, a strong suitor for Jared Vanderbilt. Of course they're in after him. All of the, all of it, it, it lines up, but I mean, Shams is reporting that because like it's real. Um, he Shams does interesting things the way he reports, but he doesn't, um, he typically doesn't report, um, fire that doesn't have a little bit of smoke or smoke that doesn't have a little bit of fire is actually the way that metaphor should have gone, but I botched it. So yeah, Shams says the Blazers are in on Jared Vanderbilt. Dame has been asking for Jared Vanderbilt. The Jazz maybe have shifted the the ask to being like, yeah, we will trade. It depends on what the Jazz want. So what do the Jazz want and what would a trade look like? Luckily, your boy has access to Fanspo's trade machine. Rembrandt of Fanspo back at it again, finding you a realistic trade. The realistic trade, so many of you have sent me this trade. So many of you sent me this trade. Jared Vanderbilt for Justice Winslow and a, and a second round pick. What? <laughs> what? What? Not enough, because the Jazz do not only have to deal with freaking Damian Lord and his wishes, they can trade Jared Vanderbilt to 25 other teams, roughly. You gotta have more. And what are the Jazz gonna want? But It's like, reportedly a first-round pick. Well, they don't really, the Blazers don't really have a first-round pick, but they're going to want something of value. If you look at the Blazers roster, you look at the assets they have, you consider that Walker Kessler and Lowry Markin are part of the, of the Jazz immediate future, it's not going to be Yusuf Nurkic. 
it's Josh Hart. It's Josh Hart. There is, there is, I, I, there is no trade for Jared Vanderbilt that doesn't include Josh Hart. Here's the problem. The reason so many of you sent me that Justice Winslow for Jared Vanderbilt trade is one, everybody loves trading um, <laughs> players on their team that aren't, aren't as good for players on other team that are way better, like easy upgrade. Everybody loves easy upgrade trade. But the money works straight across Vanderbilt for Winslow. The money works. You can put it into into what your trade machine of um, program of of preference. The money works. You can press go. It'll say approved. You'll get that sweet sweet success tra- ch- uh, check mark, and you'll just feel wonderful. You'll take a screenshot. You'll smash it in the email to lockedonblazerspot@gmail.com, and I will call it silly. I'll say this doesn't make sense, but I get it. Winslow for Vanderbilt works, but you're going to have to include Josh Hart in a trade to the Jazz. It just there is. They're going to want something of value. The something of value on the Blazers roster is absolutely Josh Hart. Here's the problem. Josh Hart makes a bunch more money than Jared Vanderbilt. And when you when you include Josh Hart, you really narrow who is a possibility for uh, for Utah to send back. So you're, you're, you know, you're talking multi-players from each side. Financially, there's only three players that really could realistically be included in a trade. It's going to be Kelly Olynyk, Jordan Clarkson, or Malik Beasley. Jordan Clarkson is too good to come back in a Winslow, Hart, Jared Vanderbilt swap. Like, the Blazers would have to throw in more stuff. They don't really have more stuff to throw in. It's like like a bunch more second-round picks aren't going to net you Jordan Clarkson, from my point of view. So you're really talking about Kelly Olenek and Malik Beasley. Uh, From from, uh, longtime NBA reporter Steve Bulpit, of of heavy, but he's a longtime Boston reporter, says that both reported today, uh, February 2nd, that both Miami and Boston were pursuing Kelly Olynyk. There there are suitors out there for Olynyk. For for me, I think Beasley addresses a more immediate need uh, because he can shoot it. He's like, he's a shooter and and Olynyk would actually help. He's like, the Blazers need size. He can, um, he's, he's pretty like, he's kind of an annoying player, but he's good. Like he would, he would absolutely, absolutely help the Blazers. Uh, so for, for my fanspo world, because Beasley makes a little more money and he would push the Blazers into the tax if he were included in most structures of this trade, I've included Kelly Olynyk to make the money work and to actually add an additional sweetener. I'm going to throw in Keon Johnson and a future second rounder. I would be like just for the second round stuff. It's like the Blazers have a couple in 2024 and a couple in 2026, just throw in some future seconds to, to make, let's, let's assume that you get pretty close and you can select which ones 2024, 2026, 2027, whatever you want uh, of the future picks. So I think a realistic trade looks something to the effect of justice Winslow, Josh Hart, Keon Johnson for Kelly Olynyk and Jared Vanderbilt. That is a realistic trade in terms of value. It's a realistic trade in terms of what the Utah Jazz would ask for. Here's the problem that I really see. What does Josh Hart do for the Jazz? He's a really good basketball player. I think he could help um, in terms of like, a. I think Josh Hart is more valuable on a team that's going for it. If the Jazz head in this direction, it's not that they won't can't or won't make the play-in round or get out of the play-in round and make the real playoff round. It's just they're going to be a low-level playoff team. Like, they're their best, like, you know, we're talking like the seventh, seventh seed as kind of would be would be Utah's realistic ceiling. Um, obviously, the the West standings really bunched up, but you're assuming that they that they unload some talent. You know, like, they're, the strength of their team is their depth. Um, so, I think it makes the most sense that this, uh, something like you could sub in Malik Beasley if you want, but but you have to make the money work after that. You're gonna have to like figure out um, an end of the bench guy, specifically Greg Brown, to to probably um, unload somewhere else to get to get under the tax line. But 
Justice Winslow, Josh Hart, Keon Johnson exchange for Jared Vanderbilt and Kelly Olynyk, And I would assume because Josh Hart is more valuable to a team that is going for it, like to a Milwaukee, that's like a team that's needs a physical wing defender. Like Josh Hart's good. He's the shooting thing's weird, but Josh Hart's good and would help a team in the playoffs. I think he'd basically be part of every single good playoff team's rotation. Uh, he's more valuable in that way than he would to be Utah for Utah where, you know, top out as a seven seed and then he enters free agency the Jazz don't exactly have a long history of retaining uh, of, of retaining free agents that they don't draft. Certainly don't have a long history of signing free agents. A rental for Josh Hart probably means he walks from Salt Lake City. So I don't think he has, he has value for the Jazz necessarily. What he has value is them rerouting Hart to another team. And if Josh Hart's value, as many of you have sent to me in my emails, is something akin to a late first round pick in this in this. Um, in, in this draft or a future late, late, late type of pick, or just like another rotation player that, you know, some, somebody that functions as a, like a first type of young player. That's what, that's why the, that's the sweetener. If the ask had been Jared Vanderbilt, but they, for the ask, excuse me, for Jared Vanderbilt had been something like a first round pick and some players that could help a flyer on Keon Johnson, a justice Winslow to make the cash work and allowing the jazz to turn Josh Hart, either it, part of a three-team trade or another trade that they that he gets sent out as a separate transaction to turn him into that sweetener, turn him into that first term, into that another young player, turn him to multiple somethings that the Jazz can, can sort of reload the war chest with and add to their depth again. That's what gets this done. I think it's like based on, based on Dame's very, very public courting of Jared Vanderbilt based on the reporting from Trump's Trani that the Blazers are a strong suitor. And based on just the logic I've laid out here, I think something a lot like this goes down. It's going to have to be Winslow and Hart. And then it's kind of what else on the other end. And if it's Winslow and Hart, it's basically has to be Olenek or Beasley for, for, um, for Utah. I think that's the most logical trade. I, 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 um, I famously said that I don't like fake trades and I just cooked up a whole fake trade for you because I think this is realistic. Um, that's the logic behind it. How about this? I got some other, I got some other trade chatter that I have heard out there and I'll share it with you in the third segment, not blazer related stuff, but just trade, trade, um, trade rumors around the league. As we head into deadline week, we are now, as I'm recording this, you're listening to Friday, February 3rd show. It's, we we are less than a week away from the trade deadline. Let's talk what are the latest rumors swirling around the league as we'll do to close the show. But first, I want to tell you about FanDuel. It's the only app you need at your Super Bowl party. It's America's number one sports book. Super excited to tell you about the new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat First bet, you'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything, from the money line to point spreads to who will score the first touchdown. Plus, the FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe and secure and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So, join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel dot com slash locked on make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports book partner of the NFL. Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked on Lasers. I've gone, I've gone harvesting and come back. 
come back from the wilderness with some trade rumors. Um, none of these are probably directly impact the Blazers. We, you know, the Jared Vanderbilt stuff is real deal, um, and I've kind of laid out what I think is a very logical and reasonable trade. But let's talk about sort of what's the action around the league. Mark Stein, the Steinline newsletter, who I've already talked about on the show, he says that Boyan Bogdanovich, a guy who is assumed to be certainly flipped by the Pistons when they acquired him from the Jazz, this is the beginning of the Jazz, are they tearing it down? And it's like, no, they're making the playoffs. No, they're tearing it down again. They're going to trade Mike Conley to the Clippers. Um, but Boyan Bogdanovich, uh, who's balling for the Pistons this year, has been a really, really good career year in, in Detroit. Uh, Stein reports that it is unlikely, according to his sources, that Boyan will be moved ahead of the deadline. Pistons are just going to hold steady. He's He's been good for them. They want to be good next year. He's a veteran that can help them be good next year. Um, they can also just trade him again next year if he's useful. Like that's, that's, um, that is, uh, that's, that is their prerogative. They can trade him this summer. They can, they can pivot. Um, but if, if the deal that they want that unprotected first round pick, which Stein has reported was the asking price for Boyan Bogdanovich, if that doesn't materialize and Stein says, even if it does, the Pistons unlikely to move Boyan, which is a bit of a surprise. A name that, uh, from, that you will be familiar with if you are a West Coast basketball fan, Matisse Thibel. Has, has has some folks courting him to come back to this side of the country. This Sixers forward apparently has suitors, according to Keith Pompey of the Locked On, uh, Locked on Sixers podcast and the Philadelphia Inquirer. Um, Keith reports that Golden State and the Sacramento Kings are both interested in acquiring Matisse Thibel. Um, I, I can see it for either team because um, particularly I can see for the Kings. They just like... The wing defender they tried at the beginning of the year was Casey Akpala. They're now sending him down for like stints in the G League. They could use just like another dude who could defend on the wing in in a, in a pinch. Um, they they ask Harrison Barnes to do a lot, and he's been pretty good. And they play a bunch of minutes with um, you know with, with, with sort of lesser defenders on the wing around Fox. Um, so part of the Kings' magic is that they surround shooters around that Fox Sabonis pick and roll dribble handoff combo. Thibault's not much of an offensive player, but in I, I could see his sort of general appeal to them because they are, you know, the Kings are right there. They're they're third in the West. They're they're going to almost certainly break their playoff drought unless something really weird happens. And if you're doing that, you want to bolster your weaknesses. Right now, their weaknesses that are not very good defensive team makes sense for Thibault, um for, to, to try to go get Matisse Thibault, um and and make it happen for for the um. I don't totally see the same logic for the Warriors, but like they could use you know. Uh, the, pretty clear Steve Kerr prefers veterans um and they could they could use it I I feel like what Golden State needs is that sort of stretchy Nemanja Belitsa big guy I feel like that's that's the player they're missing they're trying Anthony Lamb in that spot a bunch this year um Michael Green hasn't been that dude so I, I think they miss the sort of Otto Porter Nemanja Belitsa stretchy stretchy big I'm not sure Tybal fits fits their needs Morton Stig Jensen uh, reports an NBA reporter um reports that Christian Wood likely to be traded by the Dallas Mavericks that's a pretty big surprise Wood is out right now with a fractured thumb he's been really good this year for for the Mavs um he's he's probably even been better on defense than I thought he was capable of being although he still has some weaknesses on that on that end to be certain but he is extension eligible and if he doesn't sign an extension he can walk this summer and I think uh you know whatever once bitten twice shy after Jalen Brunson walks to New York when they don't get an extension and they lose him for nothing they don't want to go down that path again if, if Wood won't sign an extension and the most they can offer him is four for 77. If Wood thinks he's, he's he can get more than that, big payday on the, on the open market, maybe he maybe he says, eh, I, I'm, I'm out of here. Or if I'm not out of here, I'm just not signing the extension. I'm going to make my choice as an unrestricted, unrestricted free agent this summer. And the, the Mavs say, Ugh, 
<laughs> we don't want to go down that path. And the and the best piece we have to upgrade this roster is Christian Wood. Um, that would be really intriguing. That would be really intriguing for me. Um, if Luca got hurt in the game this evening, Thursday evening, so I don't know his status as I'm recording that. I know he he left with a, with a, a foot heel injury and was as ruled out for the rest of the game. If Luca's healthy, they're they're really good and they should kind of go for it with him. Um, and 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 trading wood might allow them to to go for it. And finally, Chris Haynes uh, on the the new podcast from Chris Haynes and Mark Stein hashtag This League Uncut. Um, <laughs> Uncut is in all caps. It's a podcast with a hashtag. It's it's um it's all there's a lot of um you know it's it's brand new to the world. Uh, hashtag this league uncut rolls off the tongue. Uh, I'm making fun of it. I host a Locked On Blazers, a show about the Trailblazers, and we never have used the trail. It's um it podcast branding is bizarre. In any case, Chris Haynes, intrepid reporter for Bleacher Report and and Turner Broadcast and the Turner Sports Networks rather, reports that New Orleans and Memphis are kind of in a bidding war for OG Ananobi is that they're kind of both after the OG Ananobi prize. Um, you know, one of the best, most versatile defenders in, in, in the league that has reportedly been made or could be potentially made available by the, by the Raptors. And they have, they've reportedly have a pretty high asking price, although maybe it has changed a little bit. Um, I think, I think the way I interpreted Haynes reporting is that that sounds like it is, it's like always at this time of year, just like media literacy. Why would this come out? And who's, who would it benefit for this information to come out? Who would it benefit to have a bidding war for OG and Anobi? It would benefit the Toronto Raptors, wouldn't it? Um, this sounds like something coming from Toronto to say, oh, the price is high. There was a report last week that the the Knicks would be willing to pay, to play, pay up to three first round picks for OG and Anobi. If you get three first-round picks for OG Ananobi from the Knicks, just press yes, smash the yes button, go ahead and do that trade. Like, um, how is he still a Raptor if the Knicks offered that? It's, uh, it's, it is. Um, there seems to be a lot of like, woo. There's a great deal of interest in OG coming from the Raptors world. Is my interpretation of the reporting? Uh, certainly, uh, this is not what Haynes said. My interpretation of the reporting in terms of my my quest for great media literacy. And one more I missed in my notes. Uh, so OG, like, I think he would help Memphis and New Orleans both a bunch. Like. I like that for um, for Memphis probably more than I like it for New Orleans, um, but they both both could both could benefit from. It. But for Memphis, it's like they need that big wing that isn't Dylan Brooks. They need that big wing that can guard be a big be a big wing stopper that isn't Dylan Brooks, because Brooks is is like he's good and useful, but it's just like if you have to pay, play Dylan Brooks 37 minutes a night in the playoffs, he's going to, he's going to shoot you out of some games. Cause he just, his decision, his decision-making can be really rough. He's also just kind of a f- high foul guy. So if you really need him and don't have anyone who can guard big wings behind him, so a little dicey. I think something, um, I saw Sam Vecini of the athletic pitch, something built around uh, Zaire Williams heading to, heading to, to uh, Toronto and, and some draft picks for OG. I, I, I like that in theory, like Brandon Clark, Zaire Williams, some draft picks back. I, I think that helps. I, I, I like that deal for Memphis. And it kind of gives you a sense of what the asking price would be if you're if you're dreaming for uh, from the Blazers, Blazers perspective. And finally, Mark Stein reports that, um, I missed this in my notes, it wasn't supposed to go last, but we'll just, we'll, it'll come what may. Mark Stein reports that the asking price for John Collins at Atlanta has come down. Uh, used to be, you know, a high first round pick, and now it's like productive player. Uh, Collins makes a bunch of money. Like it's hard to see a trade where the Blazers could get involved. If they go Jared Vanderbilt, they're out on Collins. I I, I think 
uh, John Collins is probably better at basketball, but he is um, not my ideal fit because he's not a great rim protector and he's like kind of just like a role man on offense. He can shoot. He hasn't shot very well this year, but traditionally he can shoot like a career 37% three-point shooter, something in that range. Um, he, he's a really good offensive player. He's just not a great defender. And I think if you're going to upgrade size, like he's not awful. He's just not a great rim protector. So he's he's not my ideal fit for the for the price I, I think he's a little bit overpaid I don't think he's bad by any means I, I, I think um, I think he's pretty good on a, like as a pick and roll dude I think he's really good um, so but but reportedly the asking price has come down a little bit and you could you know John Collins could be had that's the news around the league um, there could be could be some movement ahead of the deadline um, we will see what happens guess what more shows next week right here on Lockdown Blazers uh, Portland plays Friday night and Saturday night so look for in your feed um, Monday show. I usually post it on Sunday afternoons, and I will we'll talk about both of those games and anything else that pops up over the weekend. Uh, I have one really fun interview lined up for for next week, and I'm hoping to lock down another one. Uh, just didn't come to fruition today, but that's that's how it goes. Um, so come back next week. More fun shows. Tell your friends to do the same. Make it your first listen every day. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.